Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Grab your Bible, please, and turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 13. Touch your neighbor and say, this is going to be good tonight. God's Word is good. Amen. First. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13 says this, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So the word of God works in us that believe. Touch your neighbor and say, The Word of God is working in me. The Word of God is working in me. So we're going to talk tonight. Now we, we talked last week about how that the Word of God governs our lives. We talked about how that it's quick and it's powerful and it's sharper than a two-edged sword dividing uh, to piercing, even dividing to the asunder of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So we talked about that. And then we kind of closed out talking a little bit about how that we have to learn the Word in order to work the Word, right? We have to learn the Word in order to work the Word. So we went to Matthew chapter 11 where the Bible says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. So how many of you remember what a yoke is? Yoke is the teaching of the rabbi, right? It's the rabbinical teaching. So Jesus was saying, Take my teachings upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. And in verse 30, he said, For my yoke or my teachings are easy, and my burden is light. Today I want us to begin by talking about working the word through obedience. Working the word through obedience, which means living by what God says. Now I have this scripture up here that I thought was uh, good for this. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. That's John chapter 14 and verse number 21. So one of the indications that we love God is that we keep His commandments, that we work His Word. In James chapter 1 and verse number 19, here's what the Bible says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, Slow to speak and slow to wrath. We kind of touched that a little bit Sunday, didn't we? For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. So if we read this in context, we want to know what filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, what, what would that be? Well, I think it would be if we were quick if we were quick to speak and quick to wrath. I think that in the context, that's kind of what it would be talking about. Now let's go to verse number four, verse number 22. Here's what the Bible says. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. 
Now, we can hear the Word of God. Many of us heard the Word of God. When I was growing up, I grew up in Sunday school. Just curious, how many grew up in Sunday school? Did you go to, go to Sunday school? You know, whatever happened to Sunday school? It's just, you know, it's, some people say, well, it just kind of faded out and it just kind of went away and it's kind of outdated. Well, that's why we have an entire generation of people who don't even know who Noah is. I mean, you remember the flannel graphs? You know, you'd put Noah or Jonah up there and Jonah would fall off the, off the flannel graph before he could get into the belly of the whale. You, I mean, you know, I mean, it was, it was amazing, okay? Well, we learned the Word of God. But learning something and doing it are two different things. So we can learn about God, but knowing God and doing what God says is something totally different. God's command to us is to be a doer of the word and not a hearer, only deceiving your own selves. Verse 23, For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he looks at himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. That would be kind of like us looking in the mirror in the morning before we get up, before we go to work, before we walk out the door and say, okay, that looks fine, and then coming home later on that day thinking that we still look the same. How many of you know that your look changes as you go through the day? It sure does, doesn't it? I mean, if you don't believe it, just go check yourself in the mirror. Well, here's what the Bible said. If we're a hearer of the word and not a doer, we're like someone who looks in the mirror and we think that's exactly how we are all of the time. We go our way and we forget what manner of man he was. Now look at this. Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, all of a sudden it's a doer of the work instead of the word, right? So it's a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. In other words, he'll be blessed in the things that he does. So what the Bible says is we need to look into the perfect law of liberty, which is the Word of God, and we need to continue looking, and we need to continue with the Word of God coming inside of us, and we don't need to forget what the Word of God is saying, and we need to put to work what we're hearing, and when we do that, then the Bible says that we will be blessed in our deeds. So basically what it's saying is the Word will work if you work the Word. Isn't that what it's saying? Okay, it's, that's what it's saying. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Now, why would he bring up in verse number 26, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Why would he bring that up? Well, you've got to go all the way back to verse number 19. It's the same chapter. You've got to go all the way back. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And when you go on, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls, your mind and your will and your emotions. So when you look at that and then you, then you flip all the way down here to where it says, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridles not his tongue but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. So what he's saying here is... You might look religious and, and you might seem to be religious, but if you're just a hearer of the Word and you're not a doer of the Word, then that's all you are. It's just religious. 
Now, how many of you need know that there's a difference between relationship and religion? There really is. There's a difference between relationship and religion. Religion says, I know the law, I know the law, I know the law, and this is what Moses' law says, and this is what the Bible says, and this is what I know, this is what I know, this is what I know. Well, my question is, what do you do? What do you do? The word will work if you work the word, but you have to work it in order for it to work. The word won't work if you just know the word. The word will work if you work the word. I just read to you out of the scripture where the Bible says and showed it to you that you have to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. So one of the ways that we work the word of God is we obey the word of God and we put it to work in our life. You can know it all day long, but until you obey it and put it to work in your life, you're not going to reap the benefits of what the word of God uh, gives you or tells you. Now look at 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6, and we're still talking about obedience here. Hereby we do know that we know Him, how? If we keep His commandments. That's how we know that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. He that says, I know Him, and keeps not His commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word... In him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Now look at verse 6. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he has walked. So once again, we have a passage of scripture here that is telling us don't just know the word, walk the word. Walk the word. The Bible said that we know that we love him if we keep his commandments. Now, Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. There's one place in Scripture where the Bible says that we value the Word of God more than our necessary food. So the Bible said man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So in other words, if we're going to live the God kind of life and experience the blessing of God and the favor of God upon our life, then not only do we need to eat natural food, but we need to be eating spiritual food. If we don't eat spiritual food, we're going to famish and we're going to die. But we got to do more than just eat it. We have to let it work on us and we have to let the Word work through us and we have to work that Word so we can become a doer of the Word and not just a hearer only so we can experience the blessing and the favor of God upon our life. And so one of the ways that we work the Word of God is we become a doer of the Word and we walk in obedience to the Word of God and we live out the commandments that are in the Word of God. The Bible says, and some people will say to me sometimes when I'm teaching this, they'll say, well, the Bible said that it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. I said, that's exactly what the Bible says. Well, then how can you teach we have to do things? Because the Bible said it's not by works of righteousness which we have done that He saved us. But if you're going to have the blessing of God upon your life, and you're going to have to have the favor of God upon your life, there's some things you're going to have to do. You've got to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. You'll never be able to purchase your salvation with your works. That's already been bought and paid for. But if you're going to receive the blessing of God and the favor of God upon your life, you're going to have to let the word of God 
work mightily inside of you, and you're going to have to respond to the working of the Word of God through your works to position yourself to receive God's best and God's favor in your life. Now, the next thing I want to talk to you about, about working the Word, is working the Word through confession. Say this with me. A faith that is working is a faith that is speaking. So when I'm working the Word of God, then I'm speaking the Word of God. I'm working it into my daily lives and my daily conversation. My phone rang this morning. I answered it. It was Brother White. How many remember Brother White? It's the guy that won my dad to the Lord back in 1960. I think it was 1969. And uh, he called me and he said, Johnny, I just felt the Lord wanted me to call you today to encourage you. And I said, well, that's great. How are you doing? And he just ignored me and just started just speaking Scripture. Just totally. He can do that. He's my spiritual grandpa. So he did. And he just, you know, he said, you know what? He said, I think that God just wants us to be like Enoch. He just wants us to walk with God. He said, we get so busy doing all of these. And he just kept going on and on. He couldn't get a word in edgewise. He said, we'd get so busy doing all of these other things when God just says, walk with me. Just walk with me. I want to have a... You know what happens, Johnny, when we walk with the Lord? God starts to sanctify our spirit. He starts to... say, And then he starts quoting more scripture and quoting... What was he doing? He was confessing the Word of God. He was, you know what, after about 15 minutes of that, I was like, wide awake. I was like, Whoa. oh, praise God, this feels pretty good here. I told my wife later, I said, I'm going to call him every week, every single week, and say, I called to shut up and listen and just let him speak into me. It's the Word of God. It brings you back to life. A faith that is working is a faith that is speaking. Now look at Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 1. It says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, somebody say, that's me, that's me, consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. And that word profession could also mean confession. So when he's the apostle and the high priest over it, that means he watches over what I say. There's another place in Scripture where the Bible said that God watches over His Word to perform it. So if He's the high priest and the apostle of my profession or my confession, then every time I speak the Word of God, then God says, Amen, I'll come into agreement with that. And as soon as He comes into agreement with it, that Word goes to work in your life. You work in the Word. Mark chapter 11, verses 22. Well, let's look at verse 414, first of all. And then it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. So we don't need to let the Word of God depart out of our mouth. We don't need to let the Word of God depart out of our life. We need to let the Word of God stay inside of us and come out of us. We need to become conduits of the Word of God. And so we need to let the Word work in us. We need to let the Word work through us. We need to let the Word of God do its work in our life. Now, Mark chapter 11, verses 22 through 23 is one of my favorite passages of Scripture here. And some of you are familiar with this. Mark 11, 22, 23, 24. Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. I'm talking about working the Word through confession. 
Now, one of the ways that that could have been translated was not just have faith in God, but it could have been translated have the God kind of faith. Well, the God kind of faith is the kind of faith that's always speaking. Genesis chapter 1, and God said, and God said, and God said, and at the end of the chapter it says, and God saw. What did God see? God saw everything that He said. And God's Word said to us, have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith. What is the God kind of faith? The God kind of faith is the kind of faith that is always speaking. Now it goes on in verse number 23, and here we, here we have it. Jesus answering said to them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, look at that word say, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So let's see. There's say, that's one. There's say, that's two. There's saith, that's three. There's saith, that's four. And there's one, believe, that's one. So we believe and then we say four times. What's the point? The point is the God kind of faith is the kind of faith that is speaking. You speak out God's word and you believe it when you speak it. You speak out God's Word over the challenges of your life. You speak out God's Word over the situations in your life. You speak out God's Word and you believe it when you speak it. And then the Bible said, Therefore I send you what things soever you desire. When ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Now let's look at that for just a few moments. We see that we need to say and we need to believe. Okay, The God kind of faith is the kind of faith that is speaking. But here's what the Bible says. What things soever you desire when you pray. When do we believe? When we pray. That's when we believe. So in other words, that's, that's the point when we don't just start believing. That's the point where we just believe it. Okay, I believe it. When I pray, and then the Bible said, you shall receive them or you shall have them. Now, shall is futuristic. So when we pray, that's when we believe, and the Bible said we shall have. And that period of time between the prayer and there it is, is called the walk of faith. That's when we walk by faith. So we believe God's word, we speak God's word, we confess God's word, we don't say what the circumstances say, we don't say what our flesh is wanting to say, we say, Lord, you are the ruler of my life, I speak the word of God over my situation, I speak the word of God over this sickness, I speak the word of God over this poverty, I speak the word of God over this depression, I speak the word of God over this family challenge, God, I speak the word of God over it and the moment that you speak the word you believe and then you stand in faith you say well how do I stand in faith you keep confessing the word you gotta work your faith just work your faith by continuing to confess the word of God not what your circumstances say but you confess the word of God over your situation and God's promise to us is that we shall have them Another way that we work the Word is through meditation. Working the Word through meditation. Somebody say, mutter, mutter, mutter. That's meditation. When you mutter, to roll over in the mouth, that's to mutter. 
Now, when you speak the Word of God through meditation, it's hard to speak one thing and focus on another at the same time. You ever tried it? Have you ever tried it? I mean, speak God's Word over your situation. Just continue to speak. Just mutter God's Word. Just let the Word of God just continue to roll out of you. Just let it roll, 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 roll. Just let it go. Just, just let the Word of God just go over. And I'll tell you what, you'll get to the point where you're focusing more on what you're saying than you are on the circumstances that are around you. Why? Because you're working the Word. You're giving God something to attach to. You're notifying the devil that I know how to work the Word of God, but I'm walking in faith, I'm standing in faith, I'm believing God, I'm trusting God, I'm receiving what I'm believing God for, I'm speaking the Word of God, and you begin to meditate on the Word of God. Muttering God's Word keeps God's Word active in our life. Joshua was all upset. He was, he was concerned, he was scared, he was afraid. And, um, you know, uh, God wanted him to lead the children of Israel. Moses had already, you know, basically done a lot of the hard stuff. He had went and stood before Pharaoh and cried out, you know, let my people go and went through all of the ten plagues and led them out of Egypt and took them through the wilderness and uh, uh, 27 boxcar loads of manna, 27 million gallons of water uh, out of a rock, turned bitter waters to sweet, saw the Red Sea part, and I mean, just the just on and on and on. I mean, he had, he had done a lot of the hard work, and now it comes time to cross over into the promised land, and it's time to pass the baton. And Joshua's like, oh my goodness, I just don't know if I can do this, Lord. And here's what the Lord says to Joshua. He says, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein. That means to mutter. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do, not to just know, but to do according to all that is written therein for then. When is then? When you do what the Word says. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Did it say that God would make His way prosperous? He said, you're going to make your way prosperous because you're going to do what I said to do. You're going to keep the book of the law in your mouth. You're going to mutter it day and night. You're going to do what it says. And then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. Now that's the Word. That's the Word. That's what the Word of God says. Joshua could have said, but I saw them. There's giants in that land. That's what he, he, he could have said that. It was Joshua and Caleb. They, they were the only ones out of the spies that came back and said, we can take it. We can take the land. We can take the territory. Did you know that almost everyone that came out of Egypt passed away in the wilderness? You know why they passed away? Because of their mouth. They had the wrong stuff coming out of their mouth. They were complaining. They were moaning. They were groaning. They were coming against godly authority. They were saying, well, we should just go back to the onions and the garlic of Egypt. Why in the world would you want to go back to slavery when on the other side? They wandered around in that wilderness for 40 years. Should have taken them 40 days. Wandered around for 40 years. Why did they have to keep going in circles? They weren't working the Word. They weren't saying the right stuff. They were talking about one another. They were being critical. They had the wrong spirit. They had the wrong attitude. They were letting the wrong stuff come out of their mouth. 
That's why they just kept going in circles and circles and circles. And you know something? I can teach you this until the cows come home. I can teach I could teach this to you every single time we get together around the Word of God. I could teach you this every single time. But until you start doing it, you're just going to keep going in circles. Do you think the children of Israel knew what to do? Of course. Do you think that Moses didn't teach them? Sure he taught them. In fact, he pulled together an entire priesthood, a Levitical priesthood, to teach them. He did everything that he could to help them. He did everything that he could to teach them. And you know something? Every, almost every last one of them that came out of Egypt had to die off before they could go into the land of promise because they were so stuck in the traditions of their past, they were programmed with bondage. Programmed with bondage. And God said, I have a way for you to be free. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You need to meditate in it day and night. You need to do what it says. Then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So we work the word through meditation. Then the last thing that I want to talk to you about is uh, one of the ways that we work the word is through worship. When we worship the Lord, here's what the Bible says. Psalms chapter 95 and verse 6 Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. So when we worship the Lord, we're focused on Him. And here's one of the things that you will learn about worship. You know that you're really entering into worship when you start worshiping and Scripture starts coming out of you. God, you said in Your Word, Lord, I thank You that you said in your word, by your stripes I'm healed. Lord, I thank you for Calvary. I thank you for your shed blood. I thank you, Lord, that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I worship you, Lord, because I'm free from guilt and I'm free from condemnation because that's what your word says. Lord, I give you praise and I honor you. That's worship. That's real worship. And then you worship and you praise and you magnify and you adore Him. And at times the Holy Spirit takes over and begins to pray with you through groanings which cannot be uttered, speaking in a heavenly language where your spirit communes with God. And you begin to worship God and you begin to praise Him and you magnify. And then when you shift out of that, a lot of times it's the Word of God that's coming through you again. It's, it's your spirit worshiping and praising. It's the, you're working the Word when you worship. Your spirit is communicating with God. You are communing with God. You are becoming one with God when you worship. When Charles is up here and the worship team is up here and, and, and the band is up here, they're not up here to entertain you. They're up here to, to lead you into the presence of God. This is not a this is not a show. This is not a Broadway show. It's not a pro, there's no room for anybody up here wanting to showboat. Ain't nobody up here trying to showboat. Everybody up here is trying to worship God. They're trying to magnify God. And they're banking on the fact that you'll follow them into the presence of God. How can we... I'm not being critical. I'm, I'm trying to help us understand. How can we get what we need from God if we won't worship? If we just... And see, Lord help me with this. This is one of my soapboxes. But see, the problem is, is we're in a culture now where people think when you come to church, you have to be entertained. 
That's not what church is about. Church is not about entertainment. Church is about connecting with God. Church is about shackles falling off. Church is about bondages being broken. Church is about experiencing the power of God and His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings. Church is about fellowship with one another and praying with one another and strengthening one another, encouraging one another and learning the Word of God and worshiping God in the beauty of holiness. That's what, that's what coming to church is all about. It's not about coming and watching a show. It's not coming and listening to a preacher that just wants to entertain us with three points, a poem, and a pretty story. I love you guys. I'm on, I want you to go to heaven. You ain't going to make heaven if you don't pray. If we don't pray, you won't get to heaven. Prayer is communication between you and God. And, and that's what worship, worship assists us in that. Worship helps us with that. I realize that part of it is because I'm not one of them rambunctious preachers. I, I know. I get that. It's not how God wired me. It's not how God made me. I know I'm a teacher. I'm not going to get out there and be your cheerleader. I have to let the Word of God do the work in you. But you have to come to God and you have to open yourself up and let God's Word actually work in you. Worship Him and to magnify Him. Now, let's look at what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now, does that say anything about gossiping and backbiting one another? No, no. It says we're supposed to admonish, teach and admonish one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You're supposed to be doing that together. Supposed to be doing it together. Verse 17, and whatsoever ye do, somebody say do, do, in word or deed. So in other words, whatever you do, you see your word is activity. So whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. So we're supposed to encourage one another. We're supposed to strengthen one another. We're supposed to magnify one another. How do we do that? We speak to each other what the Word of God says. That's real fellowship. Real fellowship is not getting together talking about everybody and their brother and how, how bad everything is and how difficult life is. That's not true fellowship. Fellowship is encouraging one another and strengthening one another and lifting one another up. And there's absolutely nothing in the world that will do that quicker than Scripture. Scripture. We had a pastor friend in Sykeston, Missouri. We were pastoring in Cape Girardeau, our first church in the early 90s. And every now and then we'd get together with them, Larry and Sandra. And we'd get together with them. And um, we'd have a little something to eat or something like that. And then we'd sit down and it wasn't no time at all. And the whole entire conversation just turned to the Word. You know, I was reading something this morning, Larry, and look at what I found, man. And so we start talking about that, and he'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, man, that's, that's pretty awesome. And, then I, and it would just pick up from there. And sometimes we'd sit for an hour and a half and two hours and get so excited, we just have to go get our Bible. And so we just get the Bible, and we'd say, well, I, I just think fellowship is just getting together and just watching a good movie. Really? That's entertainment. That's entertainment. 
There's a difference between entertainment and fellowship. You can watch a feel-good movie and all of that. And, and, and here's the difference. When you get through watching the movie, you're exhausted. If you've had true fellowship, when you leave, you feel like you can take on the world. Because your spiritual man has been fed. And so that's why the Bible says to speak to one another and teach one another and admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now, I want to share something else with you here. And uh, uh, I want to share with you two different situations the Bible teaches us where the Word of God will not work. Did you know that there are places in the Bible where the Bible said the word will not work? I'm going to share two scriptures with you. Here's what it says. In Mark chapter 7 and verse number 13. Let's go over there. Mark chapter 7. I don't have slides for them, but I just want to share it with you. Mark chapter 7 and verse number 13. Here's what the Bible says. Making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye. So the word of God will not work through tradition. If the word of God is going to work, it has to work through something that is fresh. It has to work through something that is new. So in other words, you can't say, well... Uh, you know, I want God to move and I want us to have revival and this is how it's going to happen because this is how it happened 20 years ago. That's trying to make the Word of God work through tradition. People get hung up on one of, just the best example I can think of, people get hung up on old songs. I like the old songs too. The Bible said if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? But you know, there are some people that would be just as satisfied as, as could be if all we ever did was just sing old songs. And they would worship and they would praise God and they would look around them and the church would just dwindle away to just a few, a faithful few. Why? Because while God honors that which is past, God is not bound by our tradition. And the Bible said, Behold, I will do a new thing, saith the Lord, and, and I will perform it. And so we can go ahead and sing the older songs, but we need to mix it with the new. We need to, we need to blend. We need to worship the Lord and praise the Lord and magnify His name. And if we think that we have to just go back where there was real worship, where there was real, and we think it's Rock of Ages and the Old Rugged Cross, and those are good songs, they're wonderful songs, they're powerful songs, but let me tell you something. They mean a whole lot to you because that's during the time when you gave your life to Jesus. And so they're always going to be special to you. But there's people today that gave their life to Christ with a totally different style of Christian music and that's just as dear to them as Rock of Ages is to you. Some people don't, don't like that kind of teaching because they're stuck in tradition. And the Bible says right here that, the word of, that we have made the Word of God of none effect through our traditions. What God is saying is quit trying to put me in a box. God's not going to be put in a box. We can't just, we can't put God in a box. We have to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to let you do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. Lord, you can do it through me. And Lord, if, if you want to do it with an old southern gospel song, that's wonderful. And if you want to do it through gospel hip-hop, <laughs> but Lord, if you want to do it through gospel hip-hop, then so be it. 
You're not going to win very many people to Jesus on the streets of Brooklyn, New York with Southern Gospel music. In fact, you're not going to win very many of them to Jesus on the streets of Tampa with Southern Gospel music. Now you can come to Hudson and win them. Come on. You can go to Dade City and win them. That's why Paul said, I've become all things to all men so that I might win some. So quit finding fault with people who worship different than you are, who have an appetite for something else different. God is not in a box. He's not bound by our traditions. The Word of God will not work if we mix it with just tradition. Now, the other thing that I want to share with you is in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 2. This is another way that the Word of God will not work. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 2. Here's what the Bible says. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So the word of God will not work if it's not mixed with faith in those that hear it. So we can talk about all the ways that the Word will work. The Word will work if you work the Word. The Word will work if you work the Word. But the Word will not work if we mix it with tradition. And the Word will not work if we don't mix it with faith. Real quick, the Word will work for us. Luke chapter 5 and 5, the Word brings provision. 1 Peter 2 and 2, the Word helps us grow. Psalms 119 verse 11, the word will help you overcome sin so sin doesn't reign over you. You can read the whole chapter of Romans chapter 8 and get a lesson on that. In Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 18, the word of God will teach us how to defend ourselves and advance against the enemy of our soul. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at wwwsuncoast 4 and that's the number four, Jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.